if I can live a life where I can see a better life for my children and I live on uh, by doing what I love to do and I would love to help let other people to live the same life and I want it for everybody. It's not about blaming others that why didn't you do that? Why the employers are not setting my time? Why why they are not giving me enough support? Why, um, you know, the expectation is the biggest reason of being unhappy. We look for the identity outside. Do I have a job designation? Do I have a better designation than the last year? Have I done anything? which is you know tangible that I can say to others like I wrote a book so that is my recognition that my book is my recognition but you know beside everything those are external but the ultimate recognition is inside of us the author of the storytelling series for small businesses and content creators. In Obehi Podcast, we talk about the power of your story, your narrative, and why you should own your voice. Whether you are a small business owner, a content entrepreneur, or you simply want to build your influence, storytelling is probably going to be your best instrument to connect with your audience. So join the awakened few who are owning their voices. Now let's get started with today's episode. it's the hardest question to start with when somebody asks you to tell us tell about yourself so we always get to start with telling about myself but yeah uh in a very brief way i would say i am an author and i love coaching people and um, i'm a i'm a educator i teach in australia and also in us i'm also doing my phd so i'm also becoming a researcher and uh, I speak I spoke in the TEDx I love speaking uh, on the stage and I help people in my community to build their speaking business so that's what I am doing at this moment Um, yeah so my area is broadly leadership and if you if you want to narrow it down I will say it's more about uh, neuroscience and emotional intelligence behind our leadership practices and the term I use is called the mind speed because I see our mind and through the lens of how it works and when it gets stuck and when it needs to uh, you know the think forward Um, so that's uh, the area of my work so I teach people to be able to apply and use their mind so that they can um, go to the success all right that's very interesting that, that means there is a lot in my plate today we're going to eat and be better food the way the nigerians will put it there <laughs> anyway i'm going to be satisfied with the conversation all right so what we do here Aisha, is that we take the time to know the people that come here uh we're really passionate about that because um 
And we believe that everyone has a story to, to share. We believe that there is uh, a backstory why you are doing what you do, that you didn't just wake up suddenly and becoming an expert in leadership and mindset and all that. So we really leverage that privilege to know you. Tell me a bit about your adolescent growing up. Did you grow up in Australia or did you move there from another place? I definitely moved from another place. Like I am a Bangladeshi Australian. I moved in Australia in 2015 fully. We got the residency on 2013, but I moved with a job on 2015. From then, uh, I should count my journey being in Australia. And uh, lots happened uh, over the time. I think it uh, it gave me a little bit of challenge at the same time an opportunity to think about myself in a in a complete different way to redefine my you know the goals and the dreams and then uh, working for it and um, I think that was the reason why um, I am here where I am today. All right, that's great. That's great. All right, take us to Bangladesh, uh, where you are originally coming from. What do you remember of your adolescent growing up in Bangladesh? Uh, it's a beautiful country and people are very, you know, high energy everywhere and they're very excited with any small thing, uh, positively or negatively. They get too excited very quickly, which is fun. At the same time, um, the work environment that I mostly covered regarding Bangladesh is very, you know, it's very structured like you have to go to the office from nine to five and which doesn't mean that has to be always five it can be until seven sometimes at nine nine p.m so if you have workload then you have to work a little longer so it depends so uh, but i would say it's uh, it's fun to work with people in Bangladesh, and I still have the connection with a lot of people, a lot of my community, uh, which have got the same sort of mindset that they want to develop themselves and invest their time for personal development. I ended up uh, being assistant professor in one of the uh, university in business administration, and I also, you know, did a lot of trainings for uh, top corporate um, executives for leadership, team team building, vision, uh, vision, mission, value setting. So all those things I have got the experience back in my home country. And I'm glad that I could carry that forward, that experiences, that exposure, that learning and the knowledges that, not, that helped me a lot to when I started my journey uh, in Australia. And like I was saying before, uh, people, somebody just look at you. They don't know the, the huge story behind you, uh, particularly where you are coming from in Australia. As you begin to unveil it now, we can see that there is actually a huge experience uh, behind uh, why you do what you do and where you are coming from. All right. That's um, very true. Yeah. And I, I came to know from one of your LinkedIn posts that you also moved from your country to a new country and you started, you know, working and serving the new community here and developing a beautiful, you know, platform and, you know, recognition and identification of your career and profession um i would say it's a different level of passion that works when 
somebody moves out from the country and want to, you know, do something that will make themselves proud and also that they can say back to their country that I am doing it. So making them feel proud for yourself as well. Do you want to tell me um, how you started in your career? Like uh, what moved you into um, into leadership and also mindset? We can see, of course, both of them are related to each other, depending on how you want to look at it. But what actually interests you into this field? You could have been an economist. You could have been. Uh, you could be do. You could have been doing uh, many other things, but you decide to focus on this area. Is there any reason for it? And a lot of reason, which actually did not put me into the position of practicing leadership. Rather, I was looking for some opportunity where I can manage myself better with all these, you know, the stressful or um, negative situation uh, around me. I, I I will not say straight negative, but you know, which is not supporting my quality way of living. So by the time I started and I'm, I was in the very, on the top of my career, so I had my young children. So I have found that I am not being able to give enough time to him. And I was looking for the way I can balance myself most optimal way so that I can live a quality life and I can provide him a quality time because I cannot give him the quantity of time because I'm not a working uh, at home mom, right? I'm a working mom. So I cannot give him the, the care uh, at home mom can provide to a children. So that was one of the intention. I was looking for a job that will give me a little bit of freedom. So the hunger of having a quality life, being able to balance between the work and life, being able to, you know, create an environment where you can provide the quality around yourself. So that was a small movement inside of me. It used to always work. And I I related this thing later when I started, uh, you know, the delivering the corporate, the training. So people are struggling in the same way and they all are looking for uh, the quality way of living their life. And that makes me, okay, this is a huge place where people can develop their own leadership. And it's not about changing everything around us. And it's not about blaming others that why didn't you do that? Why the employers are not setting my time? Why why they are not giving me enough support? Why, um, you know, the expectation yeah. is the biggest reason of being unhappy. So what about if I work in some way and I set my time and boundary and I set my emotional attachment and detachment so that I can feel more healthy mentally and I can be more you know mindful when I am at home and I'm giving my time to my loved loved one around me so that was the main reason why I started thinking about it and applying and then I when I did the research around this area of leadership, then I thought, oh, there are some research already. And there are some practices because, you know, the Eastern culture, I like, used to do the yoga before. So yoga is most like a mindfulness and the practice of being. So whenever you are doing yoga, but you, nobody is taking the advantage of it. It's only you supporting yourself. But how can I give some of the my practices, my presence, that will not only benefit me, but will also benefit people around me. 
So what can I do in my conversation? So that was the point where I started, you know, the yoga practice, the meditation practice in my corporate training. So people loved it. People was like, oh, that's very instant way of you know, calming myself down. And, you know, so the days are not same. Sometimes it's high stress, low stress. So how can I deal myself, my emotion, high trigger, my emotional attachment with my failure? So those are the thing. Um, uh, I mean, the, those are my resources of my thought process from where I started. Like this is where I should work. And I think this is where I can give back to the community. The thing that happens to us sometimes, uh, there are opportunities for us to grow. Only that sometimes we don't know, so we keep blaming, we keep uh, complaining. Ah, why did it happen to me? <laughs> one time, a woman was uh, um, in a place where somebody died, and um, people were crying. Oh, not him, not him, not him. Then the man called the person that was that was crying and saying that. He said, "Hey, come here. Who's supposed to die today?" Of course, the person didn't have an answer. Then that the man. Uh, when I just share that story is that sometimes it is not enough for us to just keep blaming because we know how to point finger. Uh, is him? Is she? Is they? Is them? Well, what about you? What are you going to do about what has happened to you? Because that is actually that is actually what is going to change the situation, not what has happened. Because sometimes what has happened has happened. You don't have the possibility of changing that. But what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, um, okay, I've written a couple of books. Uh, I just finished uh, a small uh, a small video, and a series that I call Short Read, where actually I'm taking all my books. I'm reading a piece of it. You have to share with people what I'm thinking so that at least they, they understand sort of what I'm thinking, why I'm writing my book, and what I'm sharing with them. So in this book that I titled Crisis of Identity, I cited one expert in psychology called uh, Eric Erickson. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, it's a very uh, popular one in developmental psychologists. And I was telling people in the book and also in the video that look at uh, Erickson. He didn't just started his own psychological journey or his own study in developmental psychology because the day was so beautiful, because everything was so fine. No, that is not what happened. What happened was that this guy was lost. Everything yeah. was confused about his soul identity. He didn't know what was happening because his, his, his mother was pregnant out of wedlock. Uh, he got, the mother got to Germany and then he got married again to another man. Then he grew up not even knowing who his father was because he thought the man that he was looking up to as his father was not really his father. And when this happened to you at a young age, it put you in a crisis. Yes. But sometimes, some people leave this crisis in delusion, in not opening up to it, in, in just blaming other people. Some other people look at the situation and examine it. So, everything went around and started asking questions. He traveled all across Europe asking questions relating to his own situation because what he will find out, what we will find out is that what is happening to you is not happening only to you. It happens also to other people. So how can we learn from what has happened to us? 
So I really thank you for what you are sharing. Uh, in that we need to take time to examine what is happening to us. Because by doing that, like in the case of Erison, of course, he has become one of the best in the world in terms of developmental psychology. Because what he mm -hmm. found become useful not only to him, but also to other to many, many millions of people. What if he what if what happens to him did not happen to him? He would not do that. Exactly. And humanity would have lost. <laughs> and I think that is the beautiful statement you just made. And every single book, every single guru, they have something very, you know, traumatic or very negative that they did not like in their own life. And that that is the reason why they pushed themselves forward. So if you can either, you know, push yourself back and just stay there inside of the dark zone, or you can drag yourself out of the dark zone and look for the light and find the light inside of you. And then you can relate, oh, everybody is having these issues and this is how they're finding their lights. So that means this is something we can uh, give to others. Like we can make some changes to other people's life as well. So, uh, And this is a beautiful recognition of our own self because we look for the identity outside. Do I have a job designation? Do I have a better designation than the last year? Have I done anything which is, you know, tangible that I can say to others, like I wrote a book. So that is my recognition that my book is my recognition. But, you know, beside everything, those are external, but the ultimate recognition is inside of us. So it's more like, how do I have my presence, my essence, my you know, the, the way I'm here today in front of you, even without speaking any word, I can feel your presence. You can feel my presence. That is our identity. That is the truth that we carry and which is not compatible, which is unique. Thank you so much for that. And we need to own it. We need to, because we own, we own humanity that it's not only for us, it's also for the collective consciousness that we yes. are part of. Because as we do that, we help other people who will be here thousands of years before, after we have gone. They will take up what we are doing just now. They will examine it. Because, you see, in little over 100 years from now, the technology we are using today will become so outdated that they will laugh at us that this is how we were communicating. They will look at something that is called BMW. They will say, ah, how could people use this one and they were happy? That is, that is how fascinating time can be sometimes when it changes hands. But if we leave our experiences out there for them, it will help them to be able to understand what has happened. But of course, they are going to build their own identity. They are going to build a different kind of world. The country that we have today are going to reshape itself. The culture that we call it, what we have today, are going to reshape itself. But humanity yeah. is going to be humanity. All right. You were talking before, just now, you said um, mind, uh, mind speed. Do you want to tell us something about that? What does it mean? Because you are an expert in this area. Yeah, and I'll be glad to. And, you know, I use two words here. One is the mind and the speed. The reason why I brought them together, because um, the fundamental the reason either we 
use our thought process, our all kind of thinking and the overthinking sometime that may drag me backward or it can push me forward. So that is the reason why I use the word called mind speed. So am I having my mind speed, which is driving me backward or forward? That is the main intention of writing this book. And what are the way we can resolve this situation? What are the way we can, you know, when we are dragged behind, then we spend a lot of time doing the same thing, but we go nowhere. At the same time, we lose a lot of our energy and we are stressed, we are anxious, we are overwhelmed, but we are not improving much that we are supposed to do. So we do not want to stay in that situation. So we want to understand what are the way we can move us forward that will make us feel like light, playful. And also I'll be doing a lot of things, like we said, the success without stress. So what are the way we can see other people doing this so that I can also apply this and I can also make my life uh, when I'm doing the work because we have to do the work. There is not, and sometimes it's not, it's a luxury that I will be doing the work that I love, right? Not everyone can do the work they love, but how can they do the work in a less possible, um, you know, stress and overwhelming situation so that they can ensure the happy and quality living for themselves. And that is the main essence. That is the main idea behind writing the book called Mind Speed. Mm. Thank you so much for that. That is, that is very interesting. That is really very interesting. Uh, I was uh, reading a book a couple of uh, years ago. Uh, the book uh, is titled uh, The Science of Getting Rich uh, by Walan, Walter Wallens. The book was written in 1910, and of course, uh, Watto was um, encouraging people to, okay, to get rich, but he have also written another book relating to that, which is The Science of Getting Well, because he was saying, oh, The Science of Getting Well, The Science of Living Well, something like that. So he was saying that's actually science behind some of these things that we do. And, um, and he was saying, uh, sometimes a lot of people do work, uh, that is not what they want to do. Well, that is what circumstances yeah. allowed them to do just now, which is not yeah. really a bad idea as it were. But he added that while you are doing that work, the work should be moving you to doing what you like to do. In that you don't just end up doing what circumstances allow you to do. If that is all you do, you are going to remain in a rat race forever. Because the establishment, yeah. the industrial revolution and whatever has remained of it, want many slaves, people that are going to be responding to command all the time. And when you are done, you are useless. But what if you could be part of that race? You do what the society or the establishment want you to do. But while you are doing that, you must have plan B, which is you must be planning your exit. So mm -hmm. that at a point, why you are doing what you don't like to do, what you don't like to do should help you to transit to doing what you like to do. I think that can be very interesting. And I can relate to this very well because, you know, I like you, I said, I moved to a different country. And at the beginning, like me, many migrants or anybody who moved to a different country, it's the beginning and you cannot start doing what you love to do. And I have 
coach a lot of people, they say, um, I don't do what I love to do. And that's stressing me out. I'm like, but you need the job and you cannot leave it. So can you tell me what are the good thing about your current job that you are enjoying at this moment? There must be a reason why you are not leaving your job. So find that reason and use that reason to do the job. Stay motivated what you are doing. Do not be like, oh my God, I have to go to the work again that I hate. I hate my boss. I hate working this way. I am more you know, qualified for doing something better than this. I'm not getting that. Don't don't stop telling all this negative thing and start the day. Rather say, I am doing it for some time and I know that. And the moment I will be ready to go to the next level, I will be moving from here. So the reason why I'm doing it, because it's supporting my first, you know, the living or supporting me to settling down in this country. And then I know this is the point, like you said, the exit point where I will be starting something new. And I am taking some time and getting myself ready to have a good jump from here, have a good transition from here. So why not? Like so many people we have got subconsciously, you know, we are talking about the mind. So subconsciously, we keep repeating all these negative feelings around what we do. And that's not giving us anything good. It's just only dragging our energy. It's just dragging you know, it's just blocking our mind to be able to see anything new, any possibility, any opportunity. And we are just putting the curtain in front of our eyes and we're not able to see anything. Hmm. Of course, that is why we have people like you who are taking the time to help people to straighten out their, their road, no? Because the, the way that we were born and the way that we grew up in most of our culture, we're not really told to focus on ourselves. We are told to focus on something else. And that thing in front of us is just taking us, taking us left, taking us right, taking us up, taking us down. But we never realize that we have a lot of power within us. So by the time we realize it, it's always too late in most of the cases. But of course, uh, good that at least this day we have a lot of coaches out there that are helping people to look inward because the energy is actually inward. It's circle. It is not square where you are going to get to the end of it, you just disappear. No, it is inward. It remains. It's it just turning around. It's like the perpetual machine, as it were. It is turning. It's just turning. It's... All right. Now, why do you like to work with uh, people that have ambitious, ambitious leaders, as it were? Because we understand now that while you were in Bangladesh, you were already working with a leader, with top executive. And even today, you still do that. There must be something that is... Um, that is helping you to focus in this area, something that is um, telling you that this is what you have to do. What is that? What is your ambition? Why are you uh, focusing in this particular area? I think I move a lot with my, you know, with my vision board. So every year I make my vision board. So I take my uh, mid of the year, like July is my birth year of a month of my birthday. So I take this month to recreate my vision board for next year. So that makes me like, okay, I have something in, in front of my eyes and I have imagined, I felt good to see myself in that point of time. So it works very well. And for the leader, they often get caught up with their, you know, the past success stories. And they said, okay, I'm already 
a director of this company. I know what uh, what other things has to be done. I know what to do. But but what about yourself? Do you know what you really want? Do you know what is your inside? Like, how do you see yourself? What are the words you can say about you when you want to look at you after 10 years from this time? Or what is the thing that you want to pass on to your children? What is the thing that you're going to leave behind? So it's more like, what is the core value? I try to help them to identify their core value. There are so many people, they do not recognize their core value. They did not sit with the, with themselves. They sat with the managers. They sat with other directors. They sat with everybody. But they did not have the time to sit with themselves and to be able to reconnect with their, you know, the growing up, the time, what gives them the courage, what gives them the inspiration. And that might be the reason why they have some you know, the core value they have created inside of them. And then they can align, okay, this is my core value. And that's this is how I'm going to work in front of my time so that at least I feel that I am fulfilled. I'm happy the job that I'm doing now, regardless if you're working for a company or for yourself. But if you can relate, if you can connect the within and outside, then you can easily feel like having the you know the fulfillment we can enjoy more and and to do this like it's a long term vision or the vision is not a short term thing it's very easy to be distracted it's very easy to start comparing oh that person is more successful than me that person has got more exposure uh, reputation recognition out from me it's very easy to be distracted with all the, you know, the flashy stuff on the social media these days. But when you come back and have some reflection time and ask the question, what is my core value? Then you can also answer to the question, what is my non-negotiable and what can I negotiate? What is my boundary that I will not cross? And what is my no? And what is my yeses? So even everybody is coming to you and in including you different project, if you know, okay, I do not support smoking. So I will not be a part of a project that's funded by a tobacco company. So you know your core value. So you know where you will be saying no, and you know where you will be saying yes. Even it's not the money, but you you know that I have a passion to help the women or the children. So you will say yes, and you'll feel that, I am happy because I'm working for a reason, working for a cause and giving back to the society. And that is a big thing, I think, for making us, you know, any people who has got a long-term vision. So to stay motivated and walk through the process because long-term vision is not visible. And not many people can foresee that what will be tomorrow, what will be day after uh, after five years down the line, after 10 years down the line. They cannot see that, but it's not easy to be motivated that we cannot see. So when they can relate and connect with themselves, then they stay motivated, they stay grounded with themselves, and then they take the action that will take them forward towards the long-term vision. Mm -hmm. All right, Ayesha. Uh, now you are talking as as a professional, 
and you really know how to hit the the knee at the head. You know how to cross the line, and you know how to um, conclude the the point in a in a very professional way. All right, tell me, was there a time that you didn't know how to do this? What did you do to know how to do what you are doing now? Huh, that's a hard question. Like, yeah, there had been many time, and like I said, that the most of the thing. My self-reflection was based on the surrounding that I did not accept to be mine, that I did not like, and where, especially where I could not be my true self. I had to think about, can I fit in? Like, if I want to mix with this person, then I have to change my lifestyle, which I do not like. So. I have to mix with some sort of people that I do not like. I have to go to some sort of places that I do not like to be. That means I'm compromising with myself, my core self. So those are the things is a place where gave me, yeah, it's not the place for you. It's not what you like. That That is a knocking to my door like, hey, you're not on the right direction. So I think whenever... We see that we're not liking it. It's not me. I just have to do some. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable to be in a place and you have to compromise what you are and you have to pretend and with a fake smile that that you are enjoying. That is the moment we can identify this is not me. This is not what I like and this is not um, the cause that I want to work for. Uh, I think that that is my way of identifying uh, what I did not want to choose for myself. Yeah, I had to compromise a lot of things. I had to compromise a lot of comfort for that. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I had to compromise a lot of, you know, money that I could enjoy uh, without any stress, but I'm working hard, but I have some sort of fulfillment inside of me that I have little, but I have that happiness inside of me that I'm doing for a bigger reason. All right. Thank you for that. That is because you can see far ahead of you. You have a goal. You have a plan. You are not just waking up and doing things. You, you know where you are going. You know what sacrifices you need to, you, you need to undertake. You know what price you need to pay. You know what are your limits. You, you, you are not just uh, moving around. No? I, I, I like that. I just want to add one more thing yeah, here yeah, because go. the price we pay is also comes with the opportunity cost if we do not pay. Like if you have something easy to get, but you don't like, you can get it. But if you do not, if you do this, the opportunity of being yourself, the true self, the fulfillment, this is a huge opportunity cause that you're missing in your life. And unfortunately, the older we get, then we get the reflection and then we realize, oh my God, what I have done so far is not something that gives me any pleasure inside of me. I feel like I'm empty. I feel like I don't have my own identity. I've been working 30 years for a company and they now know just nothing to me. That, that's that's something for people to reflect, particularly those who are of a certain age, you know. You know, when you are yeah. much younger, you could take any type of risk, you no, know, because you still have a lot of years ahead of you. You can you can make all if I, it is good that you make mistakes. It is good that you make yeah. a lot of mistakes, uh, particularly when you are much younger, because you can correct them later on. And if you are able to learn, 
Because the important yes. thing is not whether you will make a mistake or not, because you are going to make a mistake anyway. The important thing is whether you are going to learn, because if you have the possibility of able to learn from your mistake, then you can easily go away with whatever mistake you can. Okay, I'm not saying go and shoot somebody because they, <laughs> it is very costly, though. <laughs> One of the reasons I actually this conversation was initiated because I, I, I love listening to to TED Talk and I saw one of the, the speech that you gave there, which was really uh, very interesting for me. And I said, okay, why don't let's extend the conversation. Uh, I don't know if you want to tell me um, something about the preparation for that speech and why uh, you were uh, really keen on the message you deliver and what you think people actually got out of the message that you that you deliver on your TED talk, share with me. Okay, so I would say that TED talks. I that that was the thing uh, I started thinking of before I wrote the book, and it said speed of mind. So I was reflecting on the system of the society, which is blocking people to be able to think in a proper way. And that was the main reason. And the, uh, in the TED Talk, I was talking about what are the way we can help ourselves to be able to think in a, in a quality way. So how to drive our thoughts so that we can drive forward, like the main reason. What are the way we can unlearn consciously so that we can relearn something new to apply in our life? And what are the way we can make a conscious decision? We know how to prioritize things. We know not to do the multitasking because multitasking is more like switching and draining the brain. So rather taking a small chunk of time, doing one job at a time and taking a small break in between and um, you know, having a conversation where you help people to be able to see in a things in a in their way in their uh, through their lens not directing them saying that you have to do the job this way and by the by doing this rather telling them that can you help me on this job so that they can think and they can come up with their idea so it's more like what are the way we can build an, an environment where we help people to speed forward when regarding their productivity regarding their personal um, leadership that was the main essence behind yeah. the TEDx talk and I remember that time my son was 11 and I ended up with the story of me telling him to help me with the veggies and he did uh, he just heated up for me and that was easy for me to cut the veggies because after heating up the veggies is easier um, so it's more like how people observe the things and at 11, that was really a true story. And I was really amazed that I've been working in the kitchen for more than, you know, 15 years since um, that time. But I didn't realize that I can hit the veggie first and then I cut. That will be easier for me. So what I do, I cut the veggie, then heat it up. So, but it's it's making my life difficult. But his mind, the little one, his mind could think that thing right? So do we create a space for other people so that they can also think and bring their valuable, you know, the insights on the plate? 
um, that was my main reason of having that awareness, like allow people to bring their insights on the plate and bring together. Thank you so much for that. Now, have you heard some other persons that have watched it, uh, just like me, uh, who uh, in their mind, their curiosity was stirred up, and they come to tell you something about the, the TEDx talk that maybe you might like to share with us? I have, like, I have these TEDx talks um, shared in many places. So I, I teach in one of the MBA course. So I uh, ask them to see, watch the video as well, because I teach them the neuroscience of leadership. And, and the thing is, I made it very easy, I think. And it's not very science-heavy, data-heavy information and throwing this information to everybody. So it's very easy to relate to everyday situation and having a very simple daily life and very easy example makes people to connect so fast and so easily. And then we can reach to people at any level, right? So I think that is the biggest uh, point I would say. And definitely I practiced around three months and I did the scripting. I had a mentor during that time on my speaking. So I took some advices from him and he ended up with a lot of, um, you know, constructive feedback after doing the TEDx. And I remember that still now, but still I will say, if I was in that place doing my first TEDx talk, I would not be able to do much better than what I have done. And I'm happy what I have done. And maybe the next one will be much better than this one because, you know, the, over the time I'm, I know what are the mistake I made, but, um, but I, I was happy. The key points were delivered. The learnings were delivered. I added the right brain and the left brain side in my whole talk. So the elements were covered. So I also practice how to stand, how to use my hand, how do I look in front of the audience, in which point I will be pointing my finger, in which point I will be, you know, raising my voice pitch up and down. So I did some sort of practices like that as well. Yeah, we always have room for for growth because we are not we are not static. We are not where we are where we we are not in the same place all the time. We we always give ourselves the room to grow. The famous American motivational speaker, okay, late now, uh, G. Ron will say, you are not a plant. <laughs> you yes. are not a plant. You should move. <laughs> and I like that analogy, you know. So I'm like, why am I stuck? Why am If I'm working from home and I'm bored, oh, my God, I'm bored. Why am I stuck? I have a laptop and I there are so many ways we can get some connection of the Wi-Fi. Why don't I bring the laptop and go anywhere you like and do the work? Why do you have to sit in front of your desk inside of your same room, sitting on the same chair every day? <laughs> Sometimes inside of our mind, like we are stuck. The story is like, uh, I cannot move. I have to. It's like this old school way of um, looking productive, but which is not productive mentally. And why is that a situation? What is responsible for that? Okay, as an expert in this area, we talk about mind that you go to help us. Why are we like that? Still, we have the three hours exam system. And I think it's very ridiculous to make someone to sit on a chair and answering some couple of questions within a given time. 
where is the room for my creative thinking? And I, I understand there is a competition of the performance, but my question is if we teach people, like teach our students that you have to finish it within uh, this time and you cannot explore anywhere else, you cannot browse on the internet, you cannot use the chat GPD, you cannot do this and you cannot do that, then we're actually limiting their thought process. We, can, we have to allow everything. And then tell me what you came up with. And we have to help them to stay on the top of everything, not removing everything and just doing by themselves. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, at a point, you were talking of um, um, mind speed, no? And I understand that you have the Foundation uh, Mind Speed Academy. Uh, I don't know if you want to uh, talk more about that. What does it comprise? What does it mean? What do you do with it? Okay, so it's a very recent one. Uh, and my mission with this is to help people one by one um, to get them unstuck to be able to, you know, financially fulfilled with their business. So you can say it's it's a mix of fixing their mindset and then helping them to be able to consciously making a decision so that they know, yes, this is the decision I have to make because so many people are somewhere stuck in indecisive mood for a long time and they're not sure whether they will be making the decision or not. And that's another place where it's a painful to stay longer. And then we want to, I want to give them the strategy to be able to take the step-by-step action so that they have the courage to come out of their comfort zone and be able to, you know, making a conscious connection, positively, good connection, emotionally being attached with their passion, with their core value that will drive them to achieve their goal. Because, you know, the vision board, what is the reason of vision board? Because we can imagine. Because, uh, you know, the as a children, we watch all the Disney movie because these are imagined characters. These are not real characters. And we love to be in a place of imagination. But now science says that imagination is actually reprogramming your brain to your new reality. And as an adult, we think imagination, oh, that's a very childish thing. You cannot do this. But if we do not imagine, then we would not be able to have the you know, the phone we use today comparing to the phone we used to use with a button and the noise we have to make to press the button. Now we can, somebody imagined this, right? And if you do not be able to imagine, how can you achieve your future? So I want people to add this science in their lifestyle so that they can uh, achieve their goal and they can stick to their motivation. And I want to give them like, I have some very good opportunity to be coached and mentored, a very good mentor, like world-class mentored and the coach. Now, I want to pass on my learning to more people through the activity of Academy. That's my intention. And I want to see more people empowered and happy with their own life around me. Hmm, that's very interesting. That sounds very important as a mission. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really great. Uh, and before you also talk of uh, uh, clarity and okay as a coach as uh, one uh, happy people to clarify um 
what their mission, what their goal will be. I don't know if you want to share with me uh, how you embark on this. How do you help people to clarify uh, what their focus should be? I think it was Alexander Grant Bear who said that uh, the sun rays does not burn until it's brought to focus. Because if you do not focus, you still have energy, but you are going to waste the energy. You are going to spend it everywhere, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. You're not going to amount to anything substantial. Because you, as a human being, you are a very small entity. You don't have enough strength to be able to take on the universe. The society, even the small village that you live or the small town that you live, is bigger than you. The laws are bigger than you. The land is bigger than you. The system is too big for you. But if you can focus on just a little dot, you will be able to do something. You can move it. But if you want to move the entire society, you will die. Just try. You cannot do anything. So help me. How do you help people to clarify their objective? That's a very good question. And and it's it's very it's very different to the the individual because the the people are in different level of their own consciousness, right? So I have my level of consciousness through the practice I have done over the time, but not many people has got the same consciousness even at my age. So we need to have the conversation with that person to be able to understand what they want in their life and how do they see themselves in three years, five years, 10 years down the line. And what are the things he is looking for to achieve or she is looking for to achieve, how that will value to their own life, how that would value to their people around them. So how do they know this? Do they know this well? Do they have this enough enough conscious clarification? So that comes, you know, you are also a coach that comes with a series of questions so that I can unpack, help them to unpack and go to their own mind and look for all the answers by themselves. And then we can say that, okay, so this is what you want to do. Now tell me. What are the 20 different ways or 50 different ways you can do this? And how many did you try and how many you didn't try? And are you journaling? Do you have some time for a reflection? So why don't you do that? So self-reflection is one of the very powerful tool I always suggest to everybody. And uh, uh, if you get confused, then always ask, like, where did I start? And why did I start? Why did you come to me when you started the coaching session? What came to your mind? Now, what's stopping you? Now, what came in between us that you're not still motivated with the commitment from where you came to me and asked that, Aisha, can we have a conversation on building my business and speaking or uh, it's not giving me enough money at this stage. I'm not, I have to do the full-time job. But you have the weekend. Don't you have time for the weekend? Like you have time. Somebody asks you to go to the office at nine. You have time for that person. Somebody asks you to do the meeting and be there until late. So you have time and commitment for others except yourself. So... That means it's a, it's a question that are you really committed? So when you give them the mirror that is you, nobody else, 
then they can yeah reflect to them to themselves and then realize that oh yes i have the weekend at least one hour every weekend two hours i can do so little bit of movement if if they can see then they feel the empowerment and and if as a coach if i can recognize see you have done this that's excellent that's awesome you made some progress maybe they couldn't you know see any end result yet but they made some progress so that gives them the okay hope to do one more time one more extra hour one more weekend so that is how you can drive people because it's a habit and it doesn't come from ourselves by alone by ourselves it doesn't come from me as well so i have coaches i still have a coach and i love to have a conversation with my coach because otherwise it's very difficult for me to be staying focused with what i want to do and i believe um, everybody should have somebody to uh, keep that dream awake and have the commitment to themselves mm. thank you for that what about uh, being able to balance uh, what we are doing and uh, because you see most of us, we have family. I'm here now because I'm in the house. I'm not in a, a fancy studio somewhere uh, in a big city. Uh, my wife and my, uh, my, my kid, they are inside the room. Uh, but of course, they're not disturbing me, you know. Uh, but if I, if I were to stay here all day, very soon my son will call me. He wants his daddy, you know. <laughs> so we, most of us, we are like this these days, you know. And it's a good thing. It's a good it thing is. that... Uh, yeah. your, your, your family are there with you. They see what you are doing. They are part of you. They are your reality. You, you can't run away from it, no? And, and I think this actually sort of make a full circle if we look at the evolution of our recent history. Because before Absolutely. now, before the Industrial Revolution, people were people. People, the family was important because everybody was in the house. You do your things. You, you sort of, you look like a, a kind of a contractor as it were, no? Nobody is employing you really as a twin. You know how to do something. You do that thing you are supposed to do. You are paid for that thing you are supposed to do. You don't have a salary, but you are accountable because if you don't do it, nobody's going to give you money if you don't do something for for uh, what you are supposed to do. And, but now, uh, we sort of learned that, okay, you can go to school, then you can be employed, you are going to be working for a company after 40 years or 45 years, depending on wherever you are, then you are going to go to pension and all the blah, blah, blah. And of course, this take away a bit of the responsibility from the people. Uh, you can be at all, you are not sick, you say, okay, I'm not going to work today, nothing is going to happen, that is sort of a guarantee and all that. So what I'm saying now is that today, we see that because of the leveler, the internet, People can work from home. You can be close to your family. You can see what is happening, you see. And this is a good thing. I want to repeat again. But yes. there is also this a is complexity a that there's also a complexity that comes along with it. So how do we balance it? Ah, uh, yeah. It's one way I will see it's a blessing because I get to, you know, in every one hour or two hours I can go and talk to my son. And if I wanna just open the door i can see him whatever he's doing so that's a beautiful thing too but at the same time if i am a young children's mom it would be very difficult for me to stay at home with the young children and you know feeding them and working working from home that would be very challenging but i would say at some point of time we need to 
be able to understand that yeah it's one way it's a blessing but at the same time what are the way we can get some support so that i can also balance myself and whenever i'm with my children i can give my full presence so working from home or having internet does not mean that we have to be 24 by 7 available to reply anything that we receive over the text yeah. over the mail so that should not be the culture so we we should be well communicated to everybody that if even though i'm working from home even though i'm like internet is available on my phone i can just check it anytime but doesn't mean that everybody will be able to get my access anytime and i'm not i'm not anytime available people that's just a very stressful thing because whenever you receive a mail you'll get a notification your brain start to thinking what's happening so subconsciously your focus is divided even though if you're sitting in front of the tv or, or you're having a dinner you want to have a quality conversation with your family well while having a dinner together but your one beep noise on your mobile device um, will be taking away your focus so we need to communicate that to our people to be able to respectful to other people's boundary and we also need to communicate to them this is when i am available so don't do these don't send me these uh, not saying what not to do rather saying I am available between this time to that time. If I do not respond to your message, um, think that I might be busy with something else. So I will reply at my best, like as soon as my possible time. And if it's urgent, so give them some rule, give them some trick that if it's urgent, send me a message and tell me, can you please check the mail? It's very urgent. To reply so i will go and straight away i will check the mail but if it's not urgent then you don't have to text me and that i know that i yeah i received the mail but i will check uh, 15 minutes after or half an hour after i finish my lunch together with my family so this has to be well communicated so everybody is very clear that okay this is my boundary and this is how I'm going to reach other people, understanding and respecting their boundary as well. Thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you for the entire conversation and the sharing. It really will be very valuable here. All right. So how can people reach out to you, those who want to do business with you, I want to communicate with you or learn more? So spend these few seconds um, advertising yourself. That's how we call it. Connect with people. Tell them how to reach you. Okay. So thank you so much. And I enjoyed, first of all, Obehi, with the conversation with you. And people can reach me out uh, through my LinkedIn, Aisha Biva. If you just write this down together on LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can connect me on the Facebook as well, because uh, I also use Facebook as my professional platform. So I am very responsive on my LinkedIn message. So feel free to connect me on the LinkedIn, please. And if you want to learn a little bit about my previous work, I um, I have my website. And if you want to get to know, uh, you know, the upcoming programs that um, I will be offering, I you can, you know, join to my newsletter on the uh, on my website. So my website is also aishabiva.com. Um, and you can find me any on any other platform 
most prominently yes i'm on twitter and instagram as well but if you want to reach me out one-to-one -one, linkedin is my number one platform and then uh, facebook all right fantastic yeah so we have a lot of um, important conversation today we talked about different angle different point of course relating to leadership uh, mindset and mind speed because that is uh, how you are actually targeting it uh, now, what would be your final thought here, a kind of a, a conclusion of the conversation that we have had today? Please go ahead and do that. Um, as a final thought, I would say it's always, uh, because we have a mind, right? So, and it's a very powerful tool. And by using it, we know what we can do. And if I, being a migrant, living in Australia, have being a single parent for more than five years now, if I can live a life where I can see a better life for my children and I live on uh, by doing what I love to do and I would love to hear, let other people to live the same life and I want it for everybody. And the only way possible was being able to be you know prioritize your own mind and understanding how it works and looking for some reason where it gets stuck so that you are conscious and take some action to be unstuck and take your life forward so there is no reason nothing outside is stopping you it's only you so let's do it if you want to help i will be here just let me know thank you so much for that so there is no any reason why you you cannot do it because there are people that are like out uh, like yourself out there who are willing to help. So for the listener, they have a choice. Thank you yes. so much. I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. It was very deep and insightful, and I loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Overhead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.